I'm sweating already. Um, literally, I'm staring at my YouTube studio right now as we speak. But I decided to sit on my couch instead and be comfortable. Even though I'm sweating because I have a ring light. Um, but the ring light still makes me... <laughs> doesn't doesn't make me look good and I don't even know what the hell this shit is in the background if you're watching on the video I apologize but uh here I am I wanted this is episode 11 I can't even believe that I'm keeping track of the episodes but I wanted to hold on a second I don't know why okay here yeah I wanted to um I if you follow me on Instagram, then you see that today I posted about my weight loss journey. I'm literally looking at it right now. I'll read it um, because then I want to go into kind of that. I, I know I've done an episode on self-love, but this, I think, goes more into specifics about that journey and uh, where I was personally I feel like it goes into my personal journey I'm not even showered uh, like I look like who did it and ran right now um yeah Woo! my ring light almost fell on me so there's that great um anyway so if you're watching me on the video on on the video podcast version of this podcast I can't even speak. If you're watching me on YouTube, I I apologize for my appearance. Um but I'm going to read I'm going to read my little blurby blurb what I wrote as the caption for the picture. Uh and maybe I'll even take this picture and put it on the video so you can see if you haven't seen it or just follow me on Instagram and look at my post from August 14th Friday all right so I wrote I was unhealthy unhappy and un unwilling to make any changes because I was fearful of fa failure me losing weight goes deeper than just going on a diet me making the change represented the first step in finally taking care of me I'd convinced myself that I could never do it I got to that weight because I genuinely hated myself and figured, might as well stay unhealthy, I want to die anyway. When you're depressed and feel down on your luck, it's hard to do anything good for yourself. One day after re releasing my first music video and seeing what I looked like on camera, seeing how far I'd let myself go, I literally told myself I was going to make the change for me. And from that day forward, <clears throat> I implemented small changes into my daily routine that would soon, over the course of a few years, become lifestyle changes. I developed healthier habits. While I still feel I have some more to go for myself, I can look back at this picture and see the tangible change. Looking back helps me to remember that I'm nowhere near the person I used to be physically and mentally slash emotionally. I hope if you're reading this, you realize your worth. And understand that you too can accomplish any change you want to accomplish in life. The mind is our most powerful tool. That was my Instagram post. Um, and as of right now, 10.22 a.m. on Friday morning, um, I posted this less than an hour ago. And 2,041 people have liked it. 
and 172 people have commented. So that tells me that this is a topic that people are interested in, um, and that tells me that a lot of people can relate to it and may struggle with the same type of issues. So I figured I want to be consistent with this podcast. I want to continue to post. Um, if people resonate with that message, then I might as well make a episode about it. So here I am. Um, at my heaviest, let's start there. At my he- I've always struggled with weight my entire life. I'm going to do an episode on bullying because in middle school I was heavily, severely bullied uh, by a group of people. And um, most of that bullying was due to my weight um, in middle school. So it wasn't as, like, me being that heavy, as heavy as I was, wasn't out of character for me. I've always struggled. I've always had a weight struggle. You know, when my sister and I would fight as kids, um, one of the biggest, one of the main things that she would go for was my, the only thing that she would go for was my, my weight. You know, it was, oh, you're a fat fuck. That would be the, the, um, insult. And she knew the minute she said that something clicked in me and I would literally go crazy. Um, partially because she knew I was bullied, but she also knew it was a soft spot for me. You know what I mean? And I could go into so much. This, this, you know, I got to get my hair cut at 12, so I have to leave here in an hour. I wish I had longer than an hour. But honestly, I could probably cover a lot in an hour. I could go into how TikTok has, you know, starting a TikTok and being on a platform of, you know, being a lesbian on this platform with a bunch of other lesbians who are fit and who are really good looking and have really good bodies you know what I mean that to me uh when I first started was a trigger and I could even say you know Rhea is one of my good friends now and and I love the girl to death um when her and I first started getting closer as as friends I was very insecure very insecure being her friend because it was like people are going to put me uh, like on this platform people are going to put me and her against one another and there's no way that I can compete physically with this goddess of a human being who's got this six-pack that I've never had in my entire life um but my weight struggle has um it's always been a struggle from the time that I was a kid from the time that I was an adolescent um, and you know, your hormones start making you this, this awkward human being. And, um, that was when it kind of began for me, you know, and it's fluctuated up and down, mainly up, you know, it's never really gone down, down. When I was like 13, I went on a diet, um, and started working out and I actually became really like athletic and fit. Um, but like any, 13 14 year old you kind of just you start to drink and you start to develop other habits and live your life you're not a responsible human being at that age you're you're exploring certain things so of course it didn't stick um and so it went back up my weight would go back up and I find that there's a, a correlation with me at least between my depression and my weight. 
Um, and it's like, which came first, the chicken or the egg for me? And I think if if I'm being completely honest, I'd have to say that they both tie into one another. You know, the more depressed you get, the more I, I was always um, I was always a stress eater. Now that I've developed, now that I I am where I'm at, I, I I am where I am right now with my body type and my eating habits. When I'm stressed, I can't eat. Um, it's kind of flipped. But all my life, I was a stress eater, so I would get stressed out or depressed, and I would eat my feelings, and then I'd gain weight and see that I was gaining weight, and I'd become more depressed. So it was kind of this vicious vicious cycle, um, and and. I remember it was about three years ago. And again, you guys know my story. You know where I've, I've been. I don't have to continue to reiterate it. But um, it was about three, yeah, about three years ago now. Uh, in May, end of May, three years ago, or a little over three years ago now, I released my first music video. My first and only music video, actually. Um, for an album that I was releasing. For those of you who don't know, I sing and write songs. Um, it's kind of taken a backseat, but it'll always be a part of me. Um, and I released this music video and I looked at myself and I was like, I cannot look like that. <laughs> There's no way that I could be in the public eye or want to pursue this dream of mine of being in the public eye and look like that and feel so uncomfortable and not be comfortable in myself. So from literally from that day forward, and you could ask anybody that knows me, especially my mother, when I have something in my head that I want to accomplish, when I put it in my brain, that's it. There's no going back. If I want something and I want to achieve something, I'm not, and it's like, you know, that fire within me, I'm not, I'm not going back on it. <laughs> I'm going to do it or I'm going to fucking die doing it. That's, that's, I'm very headstrong that way. I've always been that way. So I literally put it in my brain like, I need to, I have to not look like that anymore. There's no way that I can continue down this path um, because I'm going to only get worse from here. And at that point, I was unable to leave the house basically because uh, I would leave the house and get really bad anxiety and um, panic attacks. I would eat. I remember I would eat because I was eating all of this greasy, disgusting food and I would feel like my heart racing, you know, like from the salt and the greasiness. Um, I wasn't, my menstrual cycle wasn't, um, I, I had PCOS. My menstrual cycle wasn't um, regular. If I got my period once every two months, that was like regular for me. So I, I was just, not only was I mentally unhealthy because I was depressed and anxious, but I was also physically obviously unhealthy. I was 40 pounds heavier than I am now. And, and I'm still no stick. You know what I mean? I'm no stick figure. I still have maybe like 15, 20 pounds to go, you know? So uh, for my height, at least. Um, and I've always been a stocky person, even at my skinniest, I'm still like stocky, which is fine. I, I like, you know, I, I understand my body type. But at that point, 40 pounds ago, I wasn't healthy in any by any stretch of the imagination. I felt 
uncomfortable in my clothes. There's no way that I would ever be on camera at 40 pounds heavier wearing a tank top. You know what I mean? And still to this day, I have body dysmorphia um, and and body image issues uh, that severely affect certain like you know romantic relationships like I can't I'm gonna be complete like this is like just you know being emotionally naked I can't be physically naked in front of somebody unless I know for sure that they're not gonna leave me because I look at myself in the mirror still to this day and I see that person in middle school who was bullied for being fat and I see the person that I was 40 pounds ago still when I look in the mirror you know what I mean and there are days and don't get me wrong there are fucking days that I look at myself and I'm like god I'd fuck myself you know what I mean like there are days that I am feeling myself and I'm like damn but I've gotten to the point now this the weight my weight journey has gone so deep um it's not at an unhealthy I'm not like unhealthily obsessed with my weight but I could see myself getting there, to be quite honest, if I'm being completely honest, you know, right now, I think I'm in a good place where I know that I need to monitor certain things. I know carbs are really bad for me, especially for somebody with PCOS. I know sugar intake is very bad for me. So I, I, I pay attention to that. People make fun of me. Like, you know, Brittany's always like, oh, my God, you're constantly checking the nutritional facts. And I'm like, yeah, because I want to see what I'm putting into my body. So I'm very aware of what I put into my body. Um, it's not an obsession. It's not an unhealthy obsession. Um, I, I, I could see it getting there if, let's say, I became depressed or something like that. Um, or something traumatic happened in my life. Yeah, I could see it getting to that unhealthy point. But right now I'm at a very healthy place when it comes to my weight, my relationship with my weight, I mean, if that makes any sense. Um, but, but my relationship with my body is still very much so something that I need to work on. You know, my first episode on this podcast... Um, on video talking about that the episode I did talking about my toxic relationship I was fixated and I'm sure nobody notices this but me looking at myself and I'm probably going to watch this video back and look at my arms and be like oh my god what are you doing why are you wearing a tank top I was fixated watching that episode back on my arms I was so insecure about my arm fat and like that was the only thing that I could see when I watch that video back. And I know other people don't look at me and see that um, as as grotesque, but my body image of myself at this point, and I'm working on it, you know, therapy helps, um, but my body image at this point and my entire life has been one of negative, only negative self-talk, you know, Um and because of the bullying and because of, uh, you know, even when when I would be bullied by my, my sister, you know what I mean? Um, it, it caused me to develop body dysmorphia where um, literally now I can't even, I can't even, if I'm, if I have a partner, like, you know, if I'm with somebody that I'm, intimate with um 
it even makes me uncomfortable having a wife beater on. I wear wife beaters under my shirts. You know what I mean? Um, it makes me uncomfortable. I'm even leery and, and afraid to wear a wife beater in front of that person because I'm afraid that they're going to see what's underneath here and they're going to be like, sorry, can't do it, got to go, bye. You know, like that's my that's my ultimate fear. And I know it's irrational and that's what fear is. It's fucking irrational. But it goes deeper than just a simple, oh, I'm afraid of spiders. You know what I mean? It, it It's for me, my body image issues... And my relationship with my weight, it runs deep. You know, when my parents were getting divorced um, and I was depressed because I was being abused by some woman and my father wasn't protecting us and things like that and certain things were happening in my in my childhood life, I would lock myself in my room and eat, you know, write and eat. That's, that, that's what I did, you know. Um... So it, it runs deep. The the weight issues run deep for sure, especially growing up in an Italian family. Um, a lot of the times we we Italians we give kids food to shut them up. You know what I mean? And um, a lot of times that food the food is carbohydrates. But anyway, uh, when I was like twenty one, twenty two. Um, that was when I realized that I, uh, I went to the gynecologist for the first time. I mean, me being a lesbian, my mother was like, you don't really need to go to the gynecologist if you're not being penetrated. Like, you know, I keep asking the gyne, we have a family gynecologist. I keep asking him and he's saying like, you know, you don't really have to, but unless there's an issue. So at 21, 22, I was heavy. You know, I was, I think at that point, almost my heaviest at like 170, 180 pounds, five foot flat. You know what I mean? I was a fucking, I was a Oompa Loompa, you know? Um, and at that point, I wasn't getting my period. It had been three months that I'd gotten my period. So I went to the doctor and he told me I had PCOS and I was diagnosed. Um, and I think that played a part also in my weight gain. Uh, you know, obviously when your hormones aren't where they're supposed to be, um, that plays a part in it. But again, it's this, um, you don't know if it's the chicken or the egg, which one came first. Like, was it the depression that came first and the anxiety and then me eating my feelings caused me to have a hormonal imbalance? Or was it, I've always had a hormonal imbalance from a child, from the age of, of, of childhood and then it just kind of developed and caused the depression and anxiety and weight gain. I have no idea. Um, maybe down the road I'll explore that. I personally feel as though it was my, to be honest, it was my eating habits that threw off my hormone hormonal um, balance. Because once I decided to make the lifestyle change and, and to get into specifics, all I really did, people keep people ask me, they're like, what did you do? What's your secret? There's no secret. If I could give advice to any single person out there struggling with weight, um, who's finding it hard to stick to something, the one thing I would say is don't do everything all at once. Don't get rid of everything all at once. 
do small changes. Make small changes. You know, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, okay, if you're used to eating Italian bread with your pasta every Sunday, okay, instead of regular pasta, replace that with whole wheat pasta or replace it with vegetable pasta and don't have as much and, and make it a conscious effort to not have that bread with the pasta. You know what I mean? Like little things like that. When you get hungry at night, instead of snacking on processed foods, make sure that every time you're snacking in the middle of the night, it's a fruit or a whole food or a vegetable because that's not as fattening. You know what I mean? Just little things like that. I lost I lost 40 pounds over two years. It wasn't like... um. It wasn't this this diet plan that I put myself on. I just kind of experimented and I was like, okay, you know, I slowly got rid of certain things and I slowly um, added healthier things, but, but over time, gradually. And, you know, that's now I've sometimes I've, I, I've now incorporated, um, I used to be really strict, you know what I mean? I got, I, I stopped drinking for a really long time and, um, you know, I used to be a beer drinker. Now I don't drink beer anymore. Instead of having a be- instead of having beer, I'll drink a White Claw, or instead of that, I'll drink a vodka and seltzer. Instead of having, let's say, um, a fucking vodka and cranberry, even because that's a lot of sugar. Vodka and seltzer is a better alternative. Just little things like that over time helped me to lose, you know, forty pounds. Um, so now even I'll find myself, uh, let's say, like, I've never been upset. At first, I was obsessed with the scale, but now I'm not really. I go by how I feel. Um, and this summer, quarantine, I actually lost weight. But <laughs> this summer, um, going back out into the public and stuff like that, um, yeah, okay, maybe I've gained a, a pound or two. And it's hard for me as somebody who struggles with body image issues and um, who gets really, really down on myself for, like, my weight, when I gain a pound or two, I literally hate my entire life. And I'm, I'm trying to, instead of hating myself or feeling like shit when I gain a pound or two, just talk to myself and say to myself, listen, it's one or two pounds. You haven't gained it all back. You can easily make the right changes or, 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 you know, take away certain things for a week or two and healthily get rid of that one or two pounds and continue. You know what I mean? It's all about your choices. It's all about your mind and what, and, and how you, how you feel, you know? Um, so I would also say to somebody struggling when you fall off the bandwagon, when you find that, you're, you've gained a pound or two back or whatever, five pounds even, instead of getting pissed off at yourself and calling yourself a piece of shit or, you know, um, calling yourself a fat whatever, you'll, whatever it is that the negative self-talk, instead of doing that, just remind yourself that it's not a diet, it's a lifestyle, it's a journey in your life, it's your life. And you cannot be expected to be perfect all the time. 
You know, there's always going to be an event. There's always going to be a wedding where you're going to be drinking. There's always going to be a party where they're going to have cake. You know what I mean? There's always going to be some sort of thing happening in life. You, you can't expect yourself not to indulge every once in a while. Again, people, people who know me watch this and they're like, okay, but you never indulge. To me, I do though. For myself, yeah, I do indulge. And, and, um, you know, I don't, I don't restrict things. Last night, I was at my sister's house and we had Chinese food. I ordered brown rice with steamed vegetables. But I did also have spare ribs. You know, for me, the spare ribs were my treat. That was me treating myself. While everybody else was eating the regular Chinese food, the fried rice and the lo mein and the wontons and all the good stuff, you know what I mean? I chose, I made the choice to indulge for myself in spare ribs. And to be quite honest, eating them made me feel really guilty because to me that was, that was my way of indulging. I shouldn't feel guilty because realistically it's spare ribs, you know what I mean? <laughs> but um yeah, I do indulge. I I've, I've ordered cookies from my cookie dealer and eaten half a cookie, you know what I mean? I don't overindulge. That's the that's the key. People think that I'm crazy um or obsessive because I don't overindulge if I if I buy cookies from a place like a big half pound cookie then I'll have half of that and people are like well you didn't eat all of it yeah because I'm this is me indulging I'm not going to overindulge I'm never going to do that again because I know myself I know that food for me was a comfort and when when you have that coping mechanism it can become like a drug um, and that's why the struggle with weight is so uh, hard for people. Because when you have a coping mechanism, it become, you become addicted to that coping mechanism. That anytime you feel like shit, that's your security blanket. And that's what food was for me. Thankfully, I mean, honestly, not thankfully, because this, there are studies that show that food addictions can be worse than drug addictions or just as bad. You know, a food addiction can be just as bad as a heroin addiction. You know what I mean? Um, so, again, if you're in that place like like me where you used food as a crutch or you're still using food as a crutch and it's almost an addiction or it is an addiction and it's hard, don't get mad at yourself because you're not crazy and you're not just this fatty McFat fat. You're addicted to a coping mechanism that you've probably been using since childhood. That's been, that's been um, embedded in your, in your way of dealing with shit. You know what I mean? Um, and, and realize that it is just as hard to wean yourself off of certain foods, especially sugar and carbs, especially sugar and carbs. Seriously, the addiction to sugar and carbs, especially in this country, in the U.S., it's it's astronomical. <laughs> like there's no other way to put it. You know what I mean? So don't get pissed off. Don't be hard on yourself for being in a certain place or for not being able to completely have the willpower to give up. A, you know uh, uh, an opportunity to eat cake 
it's 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 an addiction it really is you know um and it's one that you have to constantly in your mind work at um and and constantly make the right choices so for me when i indulge or or uh whatever i make sure that i don't overindulge because i know how easy it is to to tip into you know using those foods as coping mechanisms as somebody who it's like any addict you know what I mean realistically any addict should completely do away with their drug of choice unfortunately when you're a food addict um, or you have food addiction tendencies you can't completely do away with food because you'll die (laughs) we need food to live you know what I mean Um, so it, it is harder because a heroin, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that a food addiction is harder than a heroin addiction. I've never been a heroin addict, so I couldn't say. I don't know any heroin addicts personally, so I couldn't say. I would love to talk to somebody who had some sort of drug addiction. You know what I mean? But regardless, what I'm trying to say is it's, it is a, a, a new dynamic of hard, a new level of difficult because when you are addicted to the act of eating for making yourself feel better about anything, you can't fully get rid of food. You have to just implement better ways of eating. Whereas a heroin addict has to just completely get rid of heroin. It's not like they can, it's not like they can, I mean, you can technically wean yourself off, but it's not like they can implement better ways of doing heroin in order to get off of heroin if that makes sense so it's it's a different it's a different dynamic um but it's addicting nonetheless so for me people make fun of me but I know I know my relationship with food I know what will happen if I overindulge I know that all it takes is one night of me being a complete barbarian with my food to to get me to that point of I don't give a fuck anymore and you know what I mean that's that's the relationship with food my relationship now with food is a lot better um I don't eat food to to cope with situations therapy helps again I might make fucking t-shirts that just say therapy helps because it really does help. Um, It helps you to develop healthier coping mechanisms, journaling, talking to your friends, talking to your support system, um, um, journaling, writing down your feelings, writing down how you feel. Even if you don't know how you feel, just fucking letting your hand or your thumbs take the wheel and you'll eventually figure out how you feel. You know what I mean? So therapy has helped me develop different coping mechanisms, but therapy was not by any means how I lost the weight or how I I had the strength to lose the weight. It's a mind game. Weight loss is a complete mind game. And like any addiction or any situation you have to want it in your mind first in order to make it happen if you don't want it if you don't tell yourself that you want it it's not going to happen 
you know, if if you're kind of on the fence about it or you're still having negative thoughts about it or whatever the case may be, if you're still filled with fear about it, you're not going to take the the next step or the steps um, needed to lose the weight. So for me, my breaking point, my tipping point was watching myself on a screen and seeing from the outside what other people were seeing and, 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 and seeing how big I had let myself get um, and how when I was being filmed, I was so uncomfortable. I used to wear vests to cover up like my stomach area because I felt uncomfortable. Not only did I feel uncomfortable <laughs> naked with my partner, but I felt uncomfortable wearing clothes layers of clothes I felt so fucking I was I wanted to crawl out of my skin there was not one millisecond that I didn't want to crawl out of my skin um and I don't know if anybody out there has ever felt that feeling of wanting to crawl out of your own skin because you feel so uncomfortable and so um in your body like I've I've spoken about I've spoken about having panic attacks and feeling out of body and how crazy that is but when you're in your body it's a different feeling because you're feeling trapped you feel trapped in this meat bag of disgusting fatness you know that's just how I felt about myself you know what I mean wanting to crawl out of my skin and there are still moments there are still days that especially if I like feel as though I overeat or um you know I feel fat there are days that sitting and people maybe people know because I kind of like cower into myself you know my posture is horrible anyway but like when my posture is extra horrible you know it's one of those days that like I don't want to be seen I don't want to be fucking seen and it's so weird because I'm on social media and even at my heaviest I was on social media you know you can go back to my old YouTube channel and see what I look like 40 pounds heavier sitting in the corner over there doing a fucking mukbang eating all this Filipino fried food as if I wasn't gonna gain 700 pounds doing it you know what I mean you can see it I wasn't one of the themes of this podcast I was not self-aware enough to even realize how big I had gotten you know um and people look back I mean I show people who know me now and have only known me at this weight and I show them pictures and um they're like holy shit I can't even picture you like that and it's like yeah now I can't I don't know who that person is and I'll never I know for me I'll never get to that point ever again um I may gain a pound or two here or there but I've changed my mind I haven't I changed my mind and because I changed my mind state my weight changed it wasn't I changed my weight but my mind was still the same when you when you change your weight but your mind is still the same it's not a lasting change yeah you might lose weight for even a year or two um but you'll gain it back eventually because you haven't you haven't created the healthy choices that you need to sustain the weight loss if that makes sense um for me every other time that I had lost weight 
prior to this time, you know, where I'm at right now, it never, it always got to a certain place. And then I would be like, okay, here I am. I've, you know, I've lost a sufficient amount. Now I can, now I can start implementing, um, other foods that I love, other foods that, that, um, make me feel good, like the fried foods and the, um, uh, the carbs and the sugars and stuff like that. Now I can incorporate that. And then I would incorporate it a little bit at first. And then slowly but surely, it was literally, it would become all I ate again. And then I'd gain it all fucking back. Now, I know in my head, those foods don't make me feel good. They only make me feel good temporarily. Or they only made me feel good temporarily. Right? The carbs, the sugar, the fried foods would only make me feel good while I was eating them. Literally, immediately after eating those foods, I would feel like garbage, like shit. Fast food as well. I haven't had fast food in fucking two years, three years. Um, <clears throat> the soda, the, like, like just little things like that. You know what I mean? Getting... Getting rid of little things, right? If you're a sugar drink, like if you're into sugar drinks, you drink the Snapples, you drink the, um, basically any fucking drink out there, even, even, even orange juice. There's a reason why when somebody's hypoglycemic, you give them orange juice because there's, you get a sugar high. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's a lot of sugar in, in even drinks that we see as healthy. You got to check the sugar content, seriously, because it it's crazy when you look at the amount of sugar that's in like drinks. So if you if you're out there and you're like how do I lose weight? Like how do I do this? Start just by doing that. Start just by getting rid of the sugary drinks. Only drinking water. Make it a point to only drink water. If you change nothing else, I could guarantee even if you change you only make that change and you continue to eat burgers with you know with the bread on it or you continue to eat the way that you eat right if you just get rid of the sugary drinks and only drink water I could guarantee you even then you'd lose weight just by that you know what I mean that's just a a little specific tip for anybody out there uh you know whatever what the fuck was I saying I don't even know what the fuck I was saying I went off on a tangent but the, the the what I'm trying to say is this weight loss, where I'm at right now, has stuck and will stick. This is a the um, skinniest that I've been in fucking years, and probably the healthiest. Like I said, I went to the gynecologist after being told that I needed to be on metformin, which is a diabetic medication, um, and, and, you know, being told that I needed to do all, like to be on this, all this medication in order to regulate my period because of PCOS. Um, literally, I took myself off of the medication and I was like, I'm gonna, this is making me feel like shit. The metformin, I don't know if you know anything about the medication, but metformin fucks with your stomach. You're, it give, make, gives you diarrhea, makes you nauseous. So yeah, while I was regulated and my hormones were being regulated, I was feeling like shit every single day. Not only that, but 
Um, it was making me hypoglycemic. I was having hypoglycemia episodes because it was dropping my sugar too far because my PCOS wasn't that severe that my sugar levels were crazy, if that makes sense. So I took my, I stopped taking the medication and I was like, fuck this. You know what I mean? I'm going to try something else. I'm going to just try being healthier. I'm going to try eating more whole foods. I'm going to try uh, cutting out red meat for a little bit, seeing what happens, and going from there. And that first gynecological, the year later, after, uh, no, two years later, after losing the weight, I went to the gyno and she was like, yeah, you basically, you you don't have PCOS anymore. <laughs> I was like, what? She's like, honestly, this is one of those diseases that diet and, and exercise. I didn't even exercise. Not once did I. I mean, okay, maybe here and there I would exercise, but it wasn't a religious thing. Exercise had nothing to do with my weight loss. It was just my food choices. If I did decide to exercise, like right now, if I if I decided I wanted to run on the treadmill, I would literally, I'd be in a great spot and I should start doing that. But, you know, I mean, I rode a, I rode my bike here and there. That was like the cardio that I had done, but it wasn't religious. Anyway, my gyno looked at me and she was like, yeah, diet and exercise for this, you know, for this type of disease, 100% helps. She's like, you don't have PCOS anymore. You have no more cysts on your ovaries because you made the lifestyle change that you made. And I'm going back to the gyno next week and I could guarantee you still like she would say that I I'm in good health because I made the right choices and did the right thing um so yeah <laughs> I mean I could go on I could go on for fucking days about you know how my choices have affected my my lifestyle choices um and my eating habits have affected my health it's um it's just been it's been a um a journey for sure and it sounds so cliche when people say like oh it's not a diet it's a lifestyle change but it's the truth you can't look at it as a diet you can't look at it as because diets to me are temporary lifestyle changes implementing just changes here and there in your in your um daily routine slowly but surely will create healthier habits and i've created healthier habits i can't there's no way my body when i eat excessive sugar like you know when i do indulge i bought again i bought um 10 cookies 10 half pound cookies each like each cookie's a half a pound from this um, place in New York is called My Cookie Dealer. And they have different flavors of cookies like fucking um, rainbow cookie, chocolate chip cookie. Like it's just the flavors are ridiculous. They have like strawberry Pop-Tart cookies and um, Dunkateddy cookies and Funfetti cookies and, and just, oh my God. And each cookie's a half a fucking pound. And they're amazing the cookies are just even the oatmeal cookies are amazing like they're just incredible cookies so I ordered 10 of these cookies 
And um, I had a half of a cookie. Well, I think it was like a, not a Twix cookie, whatever, whatever the fucking kind of cookie it was. It was just my body was being overloaded with sugar. I swear to God not to be like too detailed. I had a half of a cookie and my body couldn't handle the sugar that was going into it. I literally immediately got nauseous and immediately got fucking diarrhea (laughs) and like shit my brains out because now my body is so used to healthy sugars, natural sugars. My body is so used to um, me giving it like nutritious foods and healthy foods that whenever I fall off the bandwagon, my body feels it. Like it's almost as if my body's like trying to detox itself from what I've put in it, you know? Um, And I mean, to me, it's like cool to see that because it's like I know I'm doing something right I know I'm doing something good most of the time when I eat um you know my main focus not only was losing weight uh it was being healthy and that sounds so cliche too but it's the truth my main focus was sustaining a healthier lifestyle for myself so that I could get off of the medications that I was on and I could have a a, a, a normal timely period without needing to rely on medication and now I don't I don't have to rely on medication my period comes like clockwork every single month um, I, and that has never happened for me uh since I'm 21 years old, the only way it would happen, the only way I would have a regular period was if I was on medication. The minute I came off medication, if I continued to eat the crap that I ate, carbs and sugar and processed foods and stuff like that, uh, my, my menstrual cycle just wouldn't fucking happen for months. Now, now that I'm healthier, and I'm not even as healthy as I could fucking be, you know what I mean? There, I still eat processed foods. I'm not like a crazed, you know, like, I only eat whole foods. That's it. I don't. I only put whole foods into my body and like raw vegan. Like, I'm not, nowhere near that. I eat meat. I eat red meat. I eat processed foods. I'll have a rice cake here and there. Um, I'll have sugar here and there, you know, like very rarely, but I will. You know what I mean? So I'm not, it's not like I'm this crazed, obsessive person when it comes to my health and my weight, but I've just made the right choices and continue to make the right choices that uh, my body literally fucking thanks me by having regular periods. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I just, health health-wise, I feel better. My issue will always be and has always been body image. Um, and that's a mental thing. That has nothing to do with what my body looks like. I mean, is my body perfect? Absolutely not. My body is not perfect. But my body image issues, I could literally lose 20 pounds, have a six-pack, and chiseled arms, and I would probably still have body image issues because that's just my men that's my mental I'm used to feeling that way because of what I went through um 
like being a kid you know what I mean and, and the bullying and and um my family fucked me up too man my dad's side of the family again it's always my dad's side of the family <laughs> fuck them anyway um my dad's side of the family fucked me up my grandmother would look at me and be like you're gaining weight you gain like at 13 you know what I mean at 13 14 years old like you know, I remember, and I'll never forget this, and because, and I remember this because it was traumatizing, because it hurt my feelings. The same aunt, if you've been following, the same aunt that verbally attacked me on Facebook for having different beliefs than her and being smarter than her, um, and be, being able to actually articulate um, an intelligible argument, that same aunt that got pissed at me for that and decided to personally attack me on Facebook also I remember being like 13 years old standing at my father's house and she was there and um I remember like the heel of my foot was hurting for whatever reason um and I don't I don't even know why maybe I'd been standing on it all day I don't know I don't know I was 13 um or 12 and I looked and I said it out like just out loud I remember I was like oh my foot hurts and my aunt looked at me and was like that's because you have all that weight on your feet and I'll never forget it because I was constantly reminded as a kid, not only by my peers at school who did it in a malicious, disgusting way um, and like physically abused me as well. Uh, not only was I reminded by them, by my peers, but I was reminded by my sister. Anytime she got pissed off at me, I was a fat fuck. I was reminded by my family. Like I couldn't get away, away from it. I couldn't escape it. I was constantly it was drilled into my head that I was fat my dad would even like and he didn't do it in a malicious way my aunt is just that type of person I don't know if she's just a miserable human being and just wants everybody to feel as miserable as she feels or felt or whatever and constantly has to put people down and remind people about themselves I think that's her issue not me but she was always like that my dad never was malicious about it but he was like ah like he would he would be sitting in a chair and again in front of my entire family I'd walk by and he'd be, he'd be like look at her she's so solid she's and as a kid growing up you don't want to be you don't want even me being a masculine presenting female like I don't want to be looked at as like solid you know what I mean like I want to be skinny <laughs> you know um so yeah, I was constantly, I couldn't escape it. I was constantly reminded. My mother, my mother's the type of person, you know, where in my adult years, but even in my younger years, if I would gain weight and I like, I would be putting on pants in front of her, she'd be like, oh, see, those pants don't fit you because like, you know, you've gained so much weight. Like it was constantly being reminded, but not in a, in a, um, constructive criticism way where somebody was like you know like like it's all about your approach to it you know what I mean if you feel as though somebody's letting go of themselves and you care about that person and their well-being and you're coming from a good place and you bring it in a way that is digestible again going back to communication um then it's okay but if you're con but if but that never happened for me as a kid growing up I was constantly reminded in a mean way of how fat I was. And so that sticks. That sticks to your adult years. So that now I don't need outside people. Even now, I mean, my mother looks at me now and she's like, oh my God, you look great. Like, 
you look awesome, Tori. And I've never heard that from her because I always did have my weight issues. You know what I mean? I always did have my issues with with weight. So now when I hear it from her, A, I know it's true because she wouldn't say it if she didn't mean it. I know my mother. Um, but even when she says it, she'll she look at me. I'll put on a pair of pants and like a shirt and she'll be like, oh my God, you look like a chocolate chip cookie. Like, oh my God, you look great. You look skinny. You look like you're losing weight. Like she'll say it. It means, not that it means nothing, it means something, but it doesn't hit as much as the negative self-talk in my head because I grew up constantly hearing how fat I was in every area of life. I, I grew up constantly being reminded of it that now that I'm an adult and people don't remind me of it, I don't need them to because... I have that voice in my head that constantly reminds me of it, if that makes sense. So again, this goes out to all you parents or aunts and uncles out there watching this or listening to this. Don't fucking do that. Don't do that to kids. Don't. You may feel as though you're helping. I don't know how anybody could feel as, they're, as though they're helping by acting like that. Um, but yeah, I don't know how we grew up. You know what I mean? Or or what voice in their head told them that that was a good idea? It's not a good idea. Don't fucking do that to kids. It's traumatizing. <laughs> I can tell you as a 31-year-old adult who had that happen to them as a kid, it's very traumatizing. I have body image issues because of it. Um, and it, and it absolutely affects my relationships because... Um, it goes so deep that it's not just an uncomfortable, it's not like, oh, I'm just uncomfortable being naked and whatever, but I'm going to do it anyway because like, it's just, I'm just slightly uncomfortable. No, for me, it's not a slight uncomfortability. It's literally, it's literally humiliating to me. You know what I mean? Like to be naked in front of a partner is humiliating because it it's it's almost it feels as though mentally it feels as though I'm my it's like my insecurities are just completely being exposed with no filter and no um anything uh and it's it's it, it, it it's very like I have to know for sure that somebody is there for me and is not going to leave me and is not going to judge me before I could even like feel comfortable having a wife beater on me like I said me wearing this tank top if you're watching on the on YouTube in the if you're watching the video me having the tank top on that I'm wearing right now on camera is a huge step in and of itself for me um, and I'm still not 100% comfortable wearing it, you know what I mean? Like, I still feel exposed and naked wearing a tank top on camera. So, it goes deep. It goes really deep for me. Um, but the changes that I've made in my life have definitely helped and, um, are helping and will continue to help, uh, um, becoming again becoming self-aware of the of the issues that I have the body image issues 
Um, and I'm just starting to realize these body image issues. I never realized what it was called. I could never, I could never put a name to it until, you know, I came across some videos about body dysmorphia and I was like, wait a second, (laughs) that sounds like something I might have, (laughs) you know? And then I look deeper into it and I'm still researching it and I'm like, okay, that could definitely be something that I struggle with a hundred percent. Um, and just realizing that, Yes, weight loss and weight gain is physical for obviously you're either gaining weight or you're losing weight. Your body physically is either gaining weight or losing weight. That's a physical thing. But a lot of the times it's deeper than than the physical. Many, many times, most of the time it's deeper than than the physical. If you struggle with weight issues, Um, or you have any type of weight problems or body image issues, that's a mental thing. So you have to change your mind first before you change your physical. And you can very well, it is very possible, I'll say it again, it is very possible to change your physical without changing your mind, but that change is only going to be temporary. The same way that a heroin addict can come off of heroin for a little bit or any pill addict or anything like that can come off of their drug of choice for a little bit if they're mandated or whatever, if, if um, uh, they feel guilty, whatever it is, right? They can come off of that drug for a little bit. But if they haven't made the change in their brain and they don't genuinely want to and don't have it in their head, like I'm going to make this my lifestyle, I'm going to make this the rest of my life, Unfortunately, a lot of the times that change doesn't stick. And it's the same thing with weight. You have to want the change for the re- the rest of your life. You have to say it. I want this change. That when I looked at myself in that on that YouTube video and I saw and I was disgusted with how I looked. I said to myself, I need to make this change for the rest of this is it. Like I literally, it was like a switch went off in my brain and I was like, this is fucking it. I don't care how long it takes. I don't care about anything. I need to make this change. I can never look like that again. And I never looked, I haven't looked back since, you know? And yeah, again, I've gained a couple of pounds. Um, and I'm, tr- and I'm, I'm trying to just move forward and push forward and realize that every day is a new day. So if I fucked up yesterday or I felt guilty for eating the fucking spare ribs yesterday, then today I can do better. I can strive to do better for myself, you know what I mean? And make healthier choices and make better choices for myself. And that's all we can do in life with anything. Um, I hope this wasn't all over the fucking place. It might have been, but I, I, I really hope if you're listening to this entire thing, you get something from it, especially if you're struggling with body image issues or weight issues. Um, A, know you're not alone. B, know that it goes deeper than just, you're not just a lazy piece of shit who, you know, refuses to X, Y, Z. Um, You're not just this, you know, fat, lazy piece of shit. Um, and sometimes you want to say that to yourself, but that's, it's, that's not true. A lot of the times it's a mental thing. Um, and we have to explore 
that area of ourselves. We have to explore the, the mentality before we can even make any changes and explore it and change it and make it a point to change it, to be nicer to ourselves. You can't treat yourself right on the outside physically if you're not treating yourself right on the inside mentally. Um, and yeah, that's what you have to do. It's like a grass... I, I, I always said this, a blade of grass or... Um, I used to tell my ex this all the time when it came to like, when I was trying to make a point about communication, right? It's like, you want me to make all of these changes, but the way you deliver them and the way you make me feel is like shit, you know? So how can I make positive changes in a negative environment? You can't, you just can't. It's impossible. There is no way any person can make a positive change for the better while negatively talking to themselves. It's not going to happen. You may think that that's the way to motivate. No, it's not the way to motivate yourself. No, telling yourself, hey, I can do this. I fell off the bandwagon today or whatever. But starting tomorrow, I'm just going to make that, make it a, a, an extra point to make better choices starting tomorrow. You know, I fucked up today or whatever it is, right? Uh, I used to say this all the time. Any flower, blade of grass. You will not catch a flower or a blade of grass growing in a volatile environment, an environment that is not conducive to that growth. Sunlight, water, whatever whatever plants or flowers need to grow, right? If they don't have them and they're in volatile environments that are not conducive to their growth, guess what? They won't grow. Same thing with you as a human being. You cannot make changes for the better while in an environment where either from the outside in somebody's making you feel like shit or talking negatively to you or from the inside out you're talking negatively to yourself it's not going to happen don't expect it don't think that you can change it never in the history of ever would that happen ever you know, in one of my videos, I brought up Steve Jobs and how he, you know, changed the trajectory of the technology industry by creating iPhones and creating Apple. Um, but he didn't do it by negatively talking to himself. He drowned out the negative talk. When people told him he would never amount to anything because he quit school and he didn't take the path that everybody thought he would take and everybody on the outside was fucking jibber-jabbering about how he'd never make it, he said, fuck that noise. I'm not listening to it. I'm going to listen to the voice in my head that tells me I can do it. And you know what? He did do it. If he had a voice in his head that said, you'll never do it, they're right. He would have never continued on. He would have never had the motivation to. Because, again, I'm going to continue to say it, you cannot make any positive change in your life in a negative environment. Period. If you take nothing home from this entire podcast episode, take that with you. You can't do it. It's just not going to happen. Am I right? I'm right. Absolutely. Right. Everything you say is right. Right. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, with that being said, that's 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 where I'm going to leave it. Start. Oh, you did? 
Hold on. I'm almost done. Um, start by speaking to yourself in a better way. And the changes that you make, the changes that, hold on, the changes that you make by talking to yourself in that way are going to be mind-blowing. I can promise you that. Just start by telling yourself that you can do it and that you will do it. And I promise you, even if you have to fake it at first, I promise you, if you continue to just do that, you will make the change that you want to make. That's it. So I'm done here. The uh, The secret word for this episode is called focus. That's it. Comment focus down below in the comments. Find me on TikTok. DM me, whatever it is. That tells me that you've listened this far. Um, and yeah, I hope this helps somebody out there. I love you guys very much. I was inspired to come on and speak for a very long time. Uh, Anyway, I love you guys.